It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is today, Wednesday? Wednesday's edition Wednesday, of Big John. Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. I am John Schmelk. It's all brought to you by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants. Well, it's our Wednesday show. We turn the page to the following week, though, I'm sure. With everything that's been going on, there's going to be a lot of big picture questions today, and that's great. We'll be doing that uh, really for the rest of the year here as we move forward here with the Giants at 2-7. and seven. Uh, there was some news from the Brian Dable press conference today, which Paul and I just ventured in from outside, uh, where it's quite chilly, by the way. It'll be nicer. Obviously, Dallas game is in a dome this week, so no reason to worry about that. But for once, uh, Coach Brian Dable not holding the cards close to the vest, naming Tommy DeVito the starting quarterback this week. Yeah. So we know he's going to start. Uh, Dory Jackson not practicing with a concussion. Evan Neal with an ankle. And again... He says he's week-to-week, not day-to-day. So I think we have a pretty good idea that he's not going to play this week. And then Deion Jackson had the concussion as well. Um, Right. He did not practice. He did not mention anything about um, the running back that missed the game on uh, Sunday. And now I'm having a complete mental break. Deshaun Corbin, thank you. Um, He did not mention whether or not he's going to practice there. He missed that game on Sunday with the Hampshire. Nobody asked him about that. So that that was most of the news from the press conference, Paul. Yeah, uh, mentioning that Barkley would be number two, he explained that because DeVito had been here all season long, uh, he knows the playbook. He's done everything that they've asked him to do. He's prepared well. He's worked hard on the scout team. I get the sense that, you know, this this is his reward for that. Uh, I also get the sense that because he, uh, that is Dable and Shea Tierney, the quarterback's coach, know Barkley well from Buffalo, I get the sense that, Barkley isn't far away from potentially getting into a game if if they need to uh, get that relief pitcher up in uh, in the bullpen, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, the Giants also announced they signed quarterback Jacob Eason to the practice squad. Yeah. So that's another guy they'll have on the roster here. Remember, he was here for two days of mandatory minicamp as a tryout, was it? Or the end of OTAs? Mm. I don't. It was in June at some. I don't point. remember the date, but he had had a cup of coffee. And it yeah. was in June. It was towards the end of the spring yeah. season, and they basically decided after seeing him here that no, we wanted to stick with Devito, but now Jacob Eason will uh, get another shot here. So uh, that's the news. Not surprising. Look, it makes sense. Tommy Devito should be the starter this week. I think he showed enough in the summer at you know um, exhibition games, and. He did enough in the second half for me. I think there's a lot that you kind of get worried about, especially coming up against the Cowboys this week. But I think he did enough where he's earned the right to at least get a start here. You wish it was against a team that isn't so difficult defensively, so maybe he'd have a little bit of a better um, opportunity because it's it's going to be – look, Cowboy defense is tough sledding for the best quarterbacks in the league, let alone mm-hmm. a, an undrafted rookie free agent starting his first game. But he's earned this. I'm happy for Tommy, and we'll see how he does. You know, in some ways, and and the parallel isn't strong, but in some ways, I I think of what happened uh, with uh, with uh, Devito as being one of those fairy tale stories. Local guy, you know, Bergen County guy, goes to uh, Syracuse. Now, I know he gets rerouted through Illinois before getting the opportunity to come here as a a undrafted free agent, 
but what a great story it is. Now, it may not have a great happy ending. He may not lead them to a Super Bowl championship or anything of that nature, John. I'm not trying to be funny here, but it's still a great story. To accomplish what he has accomplished to this point, to not only get the invite to, to his hometown NFL team, then he gets to throw his first touchdown pass last week in Las Vegas, which was a nice play. He rolled out, found Robinson in the back corner of the end zone, and fired a bullet. And, and so that's cool. So now he's in the record books as he's throwing a touchdown pass. And now he's going to be in the record books for actually getting to start an NFL game for his hometown team. It's all pretty cool. You know, no matter how it turns out, it's still pretty cool. And I'm happy for him. He's a good, he's a good dude. I'm happy for him, regardless, again, as to how it turns out. I just think that, uh, you know, maybe sometimes in all the, the negativity and all the misery that we sometimes get bogged down in, it's kind of nice to just take a little bit of a step back, take a breath and say, I'm happy for this guy. It's okay to be happy for him, even if the team is 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 in a, is in a very bad, deep crater right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brian Dable also said at the press conference that there did not appear to be, on Daniel Jones at least, uh, any further damage to the knee other than the ACL. Right. Which is important because that usually allows you to have the surgery a little bit quicker because you don't have to do some of the rehab that you do before the surgery if yep. it's just the ACL opposed to being an MCL or a meniscus or other things that sometimes can go PCL that can go along with it. So uh, he does not have a surgery date yet. They don't know that as of now. Right. But you would hope that could accelerate the process a little bit if he doesn't have to do some of that rehab before the surgery. If he can have surgery at some point in November, you know, usually it's a nine-month recovery period, and that could theoretically get him back on the field for training camp next year, depending on how fast it goes. Yeah, I, John, I think the, the scope is open. We have absolutely no idea until after they do what they have to do. And Dable has said as much, too. He said, we got to take this one step at a yeah, time. Of course. He's got to get the schedule first, then the doctors have to do what they have to do, and then we'll find out. But And who knows, by the way, what the doctors find when they go in there also. You know what I mean? No, no question. Look... That's the other thing, right? He walks off the field the other day, all right, under his own power, walking slowly, but walks off under his own I mean, power the other day. Jogging in between plays after the initial play where he hurt the hurt the leg. Did you did you think did you have a gut feeling like, oh my God, it was his ACL? I didn't. Um, did I think it was his ACL? No, because the way the knee kind of moved, it looked more like a hyperextension MCL right. situation. That's to me exactly how I felt. I was down there on the side. And even line. on the drop back, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe, it was, you know, because look, I thought it could have been an MCL, not an ACL, which obviously isn't nearly as serious. I initially thought when I watched it. And again, we're no being, doctor. We're just, right. Whatever. We're not saying that. Just yeah. saying as an observer watching the game, right? He goes down like that, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, sprained MCL, maybe even a bone bruise. Yeah, that's, sure. That's mm -hmm. what I'm thinking. And and he comes off, and after he gets out of the, the tent, the, the, the trainers walked off with him through the tunnel. The truth is, at that point, I did not even have ACL in my mind. And that's uh, why, and that and it was only a couple of minutes later. Well, let me put it this way. That it was like, oh, no. I mean, once I saw him have the, the drop back, did I know, know that that's what it was? No, I did not. But was that like, oh, boy, this could be a problem. Like, it was in the back of my head at that oh, point I, where I, that, wow. that could obviously be what it could be. I mean. I, I thought MCL bone bruise, he's going to be out two to four weeks. I did not initially think until a couple of minutes later that, oh, 
This, uh, could see, be, this could be worse. I didn't think it was going to be a whatever. I mean, look, I I didn't think two to four. I thought like torn MCL, which can be. You oh, know, you did eight weeks. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, oh. I mean, once once his leg couldn't take his weight on the yeah, drop back. Yeah. That's that that's more than a minor, you know, sprain. You know what I mean? I was just trying like hell not to think the worst. Shocking. I really. Yeah. Well. And then when it became obvious a couple of minutes later that uh, I guess I don't know it was one of the national writers had put out on Twitter that their understanding was they believe Rappaport and Garofolo put it yeah. out there, yeah mm-hmm. and, and and once that hit uh, and then obviously word to the sideline that you know the teammates kind of got word of it and and it was just like oh my goodness it just changed the entire complexion of the mood of what was going on yeah. it was it was it was rough John it you know. You were on the sideline. I know you told me that it really you could sense the the players kind of downtrodden could, after the whole thing went down. Right? I could I could say I could sense how they had a very very you know gut wrenching feeling in their in their heads and in their hearts about what had just happened to Daniel. And I told you this on the post game show. I will say it one more time for people who didn't listen to that program. The toughest part about it was it wasn't just a gut punch. It was a gut punch after the guy had successfully come back to the field. And then immediately, bang, something else happens to him, and now he's out. And that's what made it harder. And I think what also made it harder is that you, you, you knew Tyrod Taylor wasn't there, right? Well, you that know, too. Because you know, you know you have Tyrod there. We talked about it. Really good backup. He can step in, and, and he could operate the offense at a pretty good level, which, mm-hmm. which you saw when he was in the game. So... Put all that together, just, you know, no bueno. And then just very briefly, Dallas this week, you know, this might be the worst team in the league to have an undrafted rookie quarterback go against in his first ever career The tallest mountain for sure. I mean, I'm trying to – I mean, maybe the Browns who have put up a historic defensive season so far, maybe them, maybe the 49ers. But top three easily – you know, it's just not that the Cowboys are talented. It's the way they play defense, yeah. right? It's yeah. They mix up their coverages. They play man. They play zone. All their stunts, um, their blitzes, their individual stars, their third in the league in interceptions. Just go up and down the list. You know, it is a nightmare scenario for a rookie quarterback. The one thing about Danny DeVito is he won't back down from it. Or how about Tommy DeVito? Uh, Will he back down? Yeah. Good point, John. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Are you going to start doing your Joe Pesci impression again? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, to the point, to- Tommy DeVito will not back down. He he is a feisty North Jersey Italian paisan. He's not going to back down. Now, they will throw the kitchen Isn't sink at him. He's more South Jersey than North Jersey, no? Am I wrong about that? We went to Bosco. Yeah, Ramsey. I'm not sure where he grew up. Okay. I'm not sure where he grew up, but okay. So, you know... I will say this, uh, they will come after him hot and heavy. You know they will try to confuse him as much as possible. They will hit him as much as possible. And he'll do everything within his power to get up. I guarantee you that. I mean, he is not going to uh, to allow them to intimidate him. You saw the way he and Max Crosby kind of jawed at each other. Yeah, he's got to get the ball out quicker. That well, he does. He does. one in, in, in this particular There's game. no doubt. No doubt, because they, Dallas will hit him a lot in this game. But but to Tommy's credit, okay, he will not wilt. And I've seen guys who will wilt under that kind of heat. Yeah. All right, let's open up the phones, guys. 201-939-4513. We have some open lines if you want to get in. 
Now is the time. We could talk about the Giants, Daniel Jones, Cowboys, big picture stuff, whatever you want to talk about. We're here with you on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Don't forget, go subscribe to the Giants Little Podcast. A lot of good stuff on there. Right now, my interview with Shona Harris up there. From yesterday, we talk about all these same topics and a whole lot more. Giants Huddle Podcast, you can find it at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, or just search for the Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform. And we have a couple more things coming your way this week as well, which um, should be fun. A couple of things in the hopper, nothing for sure yet, but we're working on a couple of different things. Forgot one piece of news. What's that? Aziz Ojolari's practicing oh, today. That's right. Practice windows open. Expected to be activated for the Cowboys. Whoa, no, no, no. That's Let's the not hope. use the word expected. Plan to. Unless Brian Dable, we hope that he's ready for Sunday. Okay. I'll go. I there. just want no, that was his quote. He said we hope that he's ready to go on Sunday. It wasn't we expect him to be, plan to be. We hope for him to be ready on Sunday. Yes. Well, point I is he's so- eligible. Yes. That's the point. He's he eligible. eligible. Yes. Let's go there. That that'll be the best way to do this. He's eligible. He is eligible. That is true. And by the way, the other podcast, go check out draft season two, right? We've been doing it every week. Uh, during the year this year, you like college football, you like the draft, tune into draft season on all of our favorite podcast platforms. Join us on Sunday, November 19th at Hair of the Dog in Manhattan to watch the Giants take on Washington. Enjoy Modelo drink specials, meet a Giants legend, and enter a raffle to win game tickets and more. Visit Giants.com slash bar network to learn more. All right, let's go to the phones. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Hugo in New Jersey will lead us off today. Hi, Hugo. Hey, good afternoon, guys. What's up? Um, hey, uh, just uh, I wanted to chime in on the Leonard Williams trade because I haven't had an opportunity. To, I, I like the trade quite a bit, but uh, also like uh, Leonard as a player. Although I must say I always viewed Leonard through strictly through a lens of opportunity cost. And, and this is what I mean. Uh, you know, we gave up a three and a five uh, for Leonard Williams. Right. But one of the things a lot of people don't talk about is we lost sort of the financial flexibility to retain good defensive linemen like Davlin Tomlinson and B.J. Hill. So when I thought about Leonard Williams, I always thought about it in terms of would I rather have a package of a third, a fifth, Davlin Tomlinson and B.J. Hill. And I think I would take the latter over uh, Leonard Williams. Now, the good thing about Joe Shane, I, I think... Now, Hugo, I, I will say this very quickly. Leonard Williams has aged a lot better than Dalvin Tomlinson has. Like, he's been a much better player over the last few years. If they had kept Dalvin Tomlinson, they wouldn't have drafted Dexter Lawrence. And B.J. Hill was, at that point, a backup rotational player, and they were desperate to get a center, and that's why they traded him, because they didn't think he would no, fit, I, I, fit inside the scheme, uh, and he wasn't going to get a lot of snaps. Oh, no, 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 Hugo, Hugo, I totally understand your point. I was just, I was just, I was just making the point that Dalvin has not been great yeah. since moving on no, from I, the Giants. I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty sure Dalvin and, and uh, Dexter were on the team 2019. Pretty sure of that together. So, okay. Right. Well, 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 that that that. Yeah, but that but 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 I, they I, knew I, they knew that Tomlinson was going to move on. That's why they drafted Dexter. He was the heir apparent. He was going to take the spot. Well, well, I think one point I would make is we got to get out of this cycle, and I think Joe Shane's already getting out of the cycle of drafting good uh, defensive linemen, developing them, and then letting them go because eventually we just chase our tails. We don't have depth. And we're weak in the trenches and against the run. So that's got to stop. But anyhow, I think the good news is that Joe Shane subscribes to, to the principle of the only guys who get really mega contracts are 
really um, excellent players as opposed to very good players. So, therefore, you know, good contracts for Dexter and Andrew Thomas and the like. Well, I would say and, this. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think right now, Hugo, the, the, the evidence we have is that they've tried to retain most of their own guys, right? They've signed Andrew Thomas. Yeah, that's exactly they right. signed Dexter that's Lawrence exactly and, right. and also Daniel Jones, and they signed Saquon to the franchise tag. So those are the major players, and we'll have more evidence with guys like I think a yeah. good I think a good piece of evidence this offseason, honestly, will be Xavier McKinney. You know, how does how does he handle that? And we saw that, you know, I think they wanted Julian Love back last year. I think if Julian Love could go back in time, he would be back. Uh, they offered him a fair deal. But he just, you know, he, he yeah. decided to try, try to get more elsewhere. So I think McKinney will be a good test of your theory as we head into the offseason in, in 2024. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make my entire call, but, but I mean, I, I think um, as a roster building strategy, more money should be allocated to the trenches and less to peripheral players such as safeties and so on. But, but anyhow, that, that's me. Um, you talk well, about really that. Wanted... Hugo, that's fine. Do you... Uh, do you want to have no, that no, debate? Okay. I'm happy to. That, 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 that's more of a discussion for the offseason, I think. Got it. But, but anyhow, um, look, I was really disappointed in the performing against the Raiders, specifically on the defense. And I agree with yeah. some of the other callers who've come out and said that the defense looked flat and somewhat unprepared to play uh, early in that game. But Howard Cross said something interesting yesterday that just kind of raised an eyebrow. He said that, the Giants were surprised by some of the things that the Raiders did, and I want to dig into that a little more because what I saw was a heavy dose of Josh Jacob, and I, I know J.C. said it all last week. AP is going to come out with a defensive uh, mindset when he coaches, and they're going to, you know, they're going to rely on the on, on the ground game. So I'm really wondering what was surprising about. And the other thing we obviously expected was a lot of energy due to the changes and right. the leadership that uh, Tony appears. So yeah, Hugh, I'll be honest with you, on I, I, didn't, on I, did not, I did not hear Howard make that comment, so I don't know what he's referencing. I know, Paul, did you ask Leonard Williams? Oh, Leonard Williams. Uh, Dexter Lawrence that question I in the did. postgame locker room? I did. What did he say again? And his answer was, it's the same team that we saw. So he, he was kind of frustrated and disgusted after the game and really didn't want to talk about it very much. I will say this. So, Hugh, well, by the way, I think to, to what we're trying to say is that we're on the same page with you. I don't think they did every, anything that was all that the, different. The only thing that I think could have been up in, uh, up in limbo there is that we had talked earlier last week that Devontae Adams was you know trying to get the ball more, and we thought that maybe he would force-feed Devontae Adams. Now, Lance said, uh, you know what? Maybe that's because everyone expects it. They're not going to do it. Well, the Giants went into the game, and as it turned out, they did not force-feed Devontae Adams. Instead, they wound up getting the ball to Jacobs and Jacoby Myers, yep. and they yep. kind of shot away from Devontae Adams. Well, that's because the Giants were well, putting but, two but, guys but, on him. But didn't we bracket him? Yeah, we, we were like Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, again, now that becomes that guessing game. You know, you think yeah. he's going to get the bulk of the action, so now you adjust accordingly, and then the team says, ah, guess what? We fooled you. We decided we're going to go the other way. So, well, I mean, that may be the well, only look, they, thing they, that was, like, kind of off-kilter. The only thing that did – I was thinking of Howard's comments relative to just some facts. And the thing that actually raised an eyebrow for me in that game is that they only activated four defensive linemen and three true edge setters. So it almost suggested that they thought 
uh, it was going to be a passing game, which to me, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I just found that kind of odd when all year we've had at least five defensive lines. Hmm. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I just found it kind of, I just found it kind of odd. Okay. Look, the rest of the season, we understand the third string quarterback. There's going to be losses here. Here's the point I want to make. There are losses and there are embarrassing losses. So I think as fans, we can understand that at the end of the game, the Giants, the the scoreboard goes against the Giants. But the team has to play with pride and not get run over. So at the end of the game, the opposition should know that they were in a physical football game and still respect the giant colors. If I was Coach Dable, I would open this week by showing the team tape of the, of the Cowboys openly mocking the team in the opener and put the challenge out to the team, go out there and play a physical brand of football. That's what I'm looking for during the rest of the year. Some pride. No. Okay. No, it's fair. Thank you, guys. It's I'll fair. be watching. Okay. Okay. Take care. Thank you, guys. Good. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate yep. it. And look, and, and look, it's it's going to be tough on the defense, and they might get frustrated for here and there, but they're going to have to carry this team to victory a lot over the last nine, eight games of the year. What I'm sorry, eight games of the well, year. I mean, that's what they're going to have to do. And look, and I said this about the game on Sunday. If that defense, if it's 10 nothing at halftime instead of 24 nothing, Saquon Barkley might be able to take that game home in the second half, the way he was running the ball. Mm-hmm. The problem is that you go down 24 nothing, and all of a sudden you're well, caught. Well, that's it. Yeah. That's it. I, You know, I, I don't know if Howard addressed this on the program or not. We talked about it very briefly before. When Jones got hurt, it really deflated those guys downstairs, and, and it made it really, really bad for them. I just think it took a lot of juice out. Now, that's not excusable. These guys are professionals. They need to step up and get over the emotional hurt or the mental hurt and still fight to 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 the end of the world to try to do everything you can to try to steal that game on defense, and they were unable to do so. Uh, are they going to be able to do that one, two, three times the rest of the season? I don't know the answer to that. I'd like to think that they're going to put forth uh, enough of games that give them a chance to do it, but they certainly didn't do it the other day, John. And and I guess maybe that's what Hugo's talking about. He's disappointed, but maybe maybe the Jones thing was just too devastating for them to be able to overcome. Nah, I not don't know. Excuse. It's not an not excuse. excuse. It's not. But it may have been. It may be a significant part of it. Let's go to Big Ed in Maryland. Big Ed, what's going on, man? Hey guys, what's up? What's Hi, it's me. Long time no speak, man. Yeah, man, I know. I, I tried to call a couple of times, but I didn't get through. It was busy, and then I guess it was the timing of when I called, so I couldn't get through. All right. Well, what do, you, well a couple of times. what do you got today, Big Ed? Well, um, my measurements is 74 and a half, you know, about 74 and a half inches tall, about 215, got a rocket right arm. Can really read defenses okay. Just have to practice, you know, pretty well. You know. Are you talking about Pearson Butler? Me, <laughs> no, I'm me, I know he wasn't no, no, talking, about talking about Lance Meadow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, look, I'm talking about me. I need to come up the quarterback, apparently. This is one of those Kurt Warner moments I was just thinking about. Like, man, if Kurt Warner could come out of the grocery store now and quarterback this team to the Super Bowl, this would be so special. <sighs> I yeah, I wouldn't count on that big head. And look, that's me making a joke, but Kurt Warner didn't do it in, you know, year one either. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Guys, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Even Big Ed's not optimistic anymore. Jesus, what has this team done to the Giant fandom? You know, Big Ed, Big Ed. It's like this, man. It's the quarterback. When the quarterback go down, right, okay, now the backup got to come in like Jeff Hostetler. If you have something like that, we'd be good, right? But then when the backup go down, oh, man, now we're in real trouble. How are we going to maintain? No, we, and you're we, right. Look, we got you, a good defense off of us to give us a chance to do something. No, and you're right. Look, teams can invest in a good backup quarterback. The Giants did that. There is no team in the NFL that has a third-string quarterback sitting there that's plug and play, ready to go. It this it's the same scenario that it would be for pretty much any NFL team. I know, it's always the unfortunate. That's the only reason why I say we have a losing record is that some people were hurt, and sure enough, some people are hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, 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 there are there, there are two things that have sunk this team this year: injuries, and then they've come up short mm-hmm. in some big moments in close games. And those are, those yeah. are the two things that have gotten the Giants to where they are today, Paul. You think that's fair? That's very fair. And, you know, a few weeks ago, John and I sat here and we called it the perfect storm. Well, a typhoon has now hit this team. It's okay? Like, it, it's like the you have, like, a hurricane, but then, like, the earthquake hit, like, while the hurricane's happening. It's not great. It's just, it's brutal. Or or maybe it's the earthquake that causes the, causes the tidal wave. The only thing I could say, Big Ed, is at some point you finally just throw up your hands and say, look, the football gods basically spit on us this year. There's nothing you could do about it. It doesn't It doesn't help to stress over it. It doesn't help to get angry over it. It doesn't help to try to figure out what the hell happened because it all just happened, and some of it is just very inexplicable. Now, to be clear, you just got to deal with it. Paul has not reached that stage himself yet. He hopes to get there over the next couple of weeks. Hey guys, man, I had it so seriously like I couldn't believe what I saw. The first game, I had us beating them 40 to nothing. Not them beating us 40 to nothing. It went backwards. I thought that was going to be a great way to start the season. I did too. Yeah, I know. I know. Thank you, Big Ed. I know, man. I'll try to get with you guys again before the week is out. Always always good to talk to you, man. Appreciate well. the call. Hey, look, and now you figure out a way how to move forward here, right? You know, we'll see what happens with the quarterback. You don't know when the Giants are drafting. You know who's going to be available, if you're able to trade up or not trade up. We just don't know the answers to those questions. Obviously, if you guys want to call me and give us an opinion on you certainly can. Uh, we're just not going to have an answer for you because we don't know what the circumstances are going to be when, when draft day comes. So, nope. But again, if you want to call, I've look, go tune to the draft season. I've looked at a lot of these prospects. I'm happy to answer your questions about the players. I just don't know who the Giants are going to be in position to be able to select when we get there. Um, but, you know, you look ahead now, Paul, and it's funny. I was kind of thinking about this, and Jeff and me, and I'll get to you in a second. Like, if this would have happened last year, you would have been like, all right, fine. 
It's a new regime. It's a new head coach. Right. You knew it would be a long-term rebuild. You know, Daniel, you're still trying to figure him out. He had a couple injury-plagued seasons before. Like, I'm not saying it would have been good or better or acceptable because, you know, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a long year. More likely than not. Yeah. But at least it would have put you on the straight path you kind of thought you were on anyway. When after last year, you thought you put yourself ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. When now you're kind of back to where you thought you were when the new regime came in to begin with. Obviously, uh, with what's going to happen with Daniel, still a question mark because of the injury, et cetera, et cetera. I understand that because someone mentioned that to me the other day and said the worst part about this season and why this hurts more than it should is because the team made the playoffs and went into the second round last year. Because you had a piece of cake, and now the cake dropped on the floor. Yeah, it just, And it, that's why it really stinks, right? It would have just been so much easier to, to move off of a year like this if it happened last year as opposed okay. to this year, right? I counted him and said, you know what? I had a tremendous amount of fun last season. I really, really enjoyed the hell out of last year. And I had a terrific time going to Minnesota and oh, watching yeah, that absolutely. playoff victory. I'm not saying I want to give know? it back. So, so to be frank, I get the perspective. I think a lot of people can feel that way, and it makes sense to me. It's logical. But I will also say, if you were to say to me that, this misery happened last year. Well, on top of all the other miserable years that already compiled each other, it may have been smarter to deal with or more logical to deal with. And easier to accept. It may would have been. I could I could get that. That's all I'm saying. But I had so much fun watching this team last year, and man, did I need an injection of adrenaline after having so many down times. Totally get it. I would not trade last year's playoff spot for for the reversal of bad year last year and then maybe better this year. Now, how that impacts 2024 and 25 is a different story. Okay? Which is part of the equation. That's, uh, that's another chapter to me that I'm not willing to deal with right now because I think 24 and 25 are complete unknowns and too many variables – that could happen positively or negatively for me to project 24-25. So I will simply say I would not have wanted to reverse 22 and 23. And it's funny. I remember we had this conversation, Paul. I think I was on with you. I might have been on with Lance. Mm -hmm. And a caller called up about it. And I believe my quote was, don't let the 2022 Giants season yep. be the 2021 Knicks season. Yep. I remember you told me that. You mentioned it to me. Nope. Kind of looks like what it is right now, unfortunately. Now, the good news is that the following year, Knicks bounced back, got the four seed, and won a playoff round. They did. So, again, we'll see how all this goes. You see, know, progress isn't always in a – we always say this, right? Progress is not in a straight line. There are dips and valleys. Now, you would have liked a nice, gentle crevice. Sure. Not a bottomless pit into oblivion. But bottom line is that it's never going to go in a straight line. Having said that, too many unpredictable negative things happened and compounded themselves this year. Yes. To logically process. It would have been different if Andrew Thomas was healthy, 
Daniel Jones was healthy, John Michael Schmitz was healthy, and they still started two and seven. Well, for that matter, Barkley. And Barkley, yeah, of course. Barkley, too. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yes. Barkley, too. Absolutely. Like, if all those guys are healthy and we are still staring at this record. That's a totally different story. And, frankly, a much worse story. Yes. Than they would be compared to where they Totally concur. So, you're right about that, too. Totally agree. See, that, see there's a lot of nuance to this in terms of, of, of how you look at it. All right, let's go to Jeff in Maine. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hi, Jeff. Hey, afternoon, gentlemen. What's up? Great show as usual. Uh, I got a couple actual good questions, I think. Um, one, we'll be the judge of that, think... Jeff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, how much do you think not having Leonard Williams actually affected the defense? Because I-, I thought the defense didn't play as well as I would have liked, and specifically his ability to push the pocket. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll start with the run defense first. Rewatching those early runs. I didn't think it was an issue with Ashawn and Nacho, to be honest with you. Quite frankly, Jacobs cut back a couple of zone runs to the backside, and the Giants' backside contain guy did a poor job on a couple of those plays. Yeah. Um, you know, and you guys know who the edge players are. You can figure it out. Um, and mm-hmm. the, he broke a couple tackles, too. So yep. I don't think – and you actually saw Ashawn and Nacho make – especially Ashawn make a couple of good plays in the run game in the second half of that yes. game. So I don't think in the run game that was necessarily a negative – and look, Jeff, in the pass game, yeah, you're going to miss his pass rush out of the three technique. He's their best three technique pass rusher. And I do wonder, and I want to have a larger sample size to make this conclusion, because it could have just been a circumstance in one game. Were they able to put two guys on Dexter Lawrence more because they weren't as concerned with Leonard Williams sitting there as the three technique pass rusher? I don't know the answer to that after one game. The Raiders yeah. only passed it 25 times. I know. They got to do a lot of play action and a mm-hmm. lot of quick stuff. There were not a lot of true dropbacks. That's why the Giants' pass rush was so quiet. Not a lot of the bats, and the Raiders could scheme it up to protect their rookie quarterback. Something the Giants could not do with Tommy DeVito because they were down 24 to nothing. And that's kind of, I think, where a lot of the difference came in with the pass See, rush. there are too many times that people can make a statement about a player or a particular unit and not take into account game flow which has a significant impact a lot of times on a player's snap count, a player's effectiveness, or the overall general unit's philosophy in terms of what they're trying to do and how they're approaching that moment in time. And at 24 to nothing, to be frank with you, it's pretty hard to grade anybody on that defensive line in the second half. I would say in general, you would have liked to see them play the run better. No question. I I would agree with that. But again... But even in, even with the run defense, if he can push Leonard Williams push the pocket back. No, you're right. And that would kind of disrupt even the run 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 game, wouldn't it? Or... No, yeah, yeah, no, well, yeah, yes, Jeff. In short, yes. But just from literally watching all the run plays, like I did on on the old twenty two this week, I did not see a huge problem with the job that Nacho and Ashawn did. I, I did not think they were the main culprits in that particular problem 34 carries for 125 yards uh they did get three touchdowns the Raiders obviously they got in close and punched it in but 34 for 125 uh you know that's that's kind of right in the middle of the pack that's not a terrible number the problem is that and I'm going to look it up right now uh in fact I'll check the number Jeff why don't you make your second point here before we let you okay um because I just thought that it was kind of a coincidence that we played so well the week before and then so poorly maybe it was a leadership issue. But my other question is about the offensive line. Other than possibly Neil, I think we're improving. 
but we've actually got maybe four different players we could play at guard and maybe two different players we could play at right tackle now, uh, Phillips, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the other guy there. But my question is, if some of them are maybe better at pass blocking and the other are better at run blocking, would you consider rotating them a little bit? I'm not a big fan of rotating. Uh, one, you can then give your opponent a tell as to who's in the game, to like what you're going to do. And Jeff, appreciate the call. Um, okay. So I, I don't think that's necessarily something you're going to want to do there. I think, you know, like the Giants did a guard last week, and I think Brian Dable, after doing some rotating early last year, mm-hmm. he's kind of gone away from that since. Yeah. And I think he's going to try to find something to stick with. Uh, your take on that, Paul? Not only would I prefer not to do that, John, against a very complicated multiple-front Dallas defense, you're asking for trouble yeah. if, you, if you start rotating guys in and out. Second question, then who do you think the right tackle is going to be if Neil can't go, which looks very Well, there are, there are two options in my mind, Phillips and, and Pugh. Now, if you make it to Pugh, now you're going to have to change the guard spot well, now it because be, it's two spots. It would be Glowinski. Right. I would not. And by the way, he's played well. I would not I, have a problem. I would not have a problem with playing Glowinski either. He has not gone to the right side yet. He, he has not. Left tackle and left guard. He they has want not. to move. Do they want to switch sides with him? Because I thought. In his career, though, he's played more right tackle than left. Yes. Absolutely. So maybe they're not going to care about that. I thought Tyree Phillips did fine when he was a right tackle. So I would. My guess would be they'll just try to stick and change the one piece rather than changing two. But I don't know the answer to that question yeah. either. Philip Phillips had one really rough pass rep where uh where the where the quarterback got got hit pretty hard. He just didn't execute the proper punch on the on his inside shoulder. But other than that, you're right. He was he wasn't bad. He he kind of kind of held up all right. Yeah, he was See, okay. Most was of fine. the giant sacks, folks, I want to uh, I know this isn't really relevant. You mean against the Raiders you're talking about? Against the Raiders, yes. they gave up mm-hmm. 8 sacks. Now, I'm sure you felt the same way I did when you looked at it again. I've been yelled at for this opinion, but I think we do agree, actually. Go ahead. Really? Okay. Uh, Tommy did hold the ball too long on a few of those. And he ran into he some. Ran in, mm-hmm. He ran into, I believe, one or two. Mm-hmm. There was another one where he scrambled and ran out of bounds a yard shy of the marker. So mm-hmm. it goes down as a sack, but it was really just he he scrambled and gave it gave them a sack because he ran one yard short. It was the best job I've ever seen an offensive line do in a game when they gave up eight sacks. Absolutely. Now, that's not the same. And you got yelled at for that? I saw it the same way. Casillas was not happy with that opinion on the postgame show. Okay, we need to show him the tape of the game. He needs to go back and look at the old 22. We'll discuss this off the air with Jonathan. Well, well, he usually does, so I expect him to come in tomorrow. He needs to go see this. Are that. you going to be with him tomorrow? Uh, the goal is right now, yes, unless okay. something changes. You need to bring that up to him tomorrow because as far that was the most invisible eight-sack offensive line performance that I've ever seen. Now, I want to be clear, though. I'm not saying that the offensive line was great. I'm not going to say that either. They were they were slightly, I would say, below average. Point is, the eight-sack number is incredibly deceiving. Yeah, eight sacks makes you think it was their second-worst game of the year for the line, and it wasn't even close And to it was not even no. close to that. They actually, uh, compared to a couple of other games this year, they were a lot better than some of the disastrous games earlier in the season. Yeah, like Max Crosby got three sacks. It was not even close to being his no. best game of the year. No, Like, he's played much better in other games. No, I'll give you a great example. Giants offensive line played much worse against Seattle. Than they did the other day against, against oh, and Las Vegas. San Francisco and, and San Dallas, Francisco and, and Dallas. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. All those games. But yet, 
people are going to say the quarterback hits, the sacks. Oh, my God, they must have been terrible. No, 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 no. The responsibility was a lot less on that offensive line than you think. You just got to watch the tape. I will say this, and this is similar to the Seattle game. It did get a little rough in the fourth quarter. Once the Giants had to pass a lot, it started to get a little bit rougher. It did. That was their worst quarter of the four. Correct. By far. Just like By the, far. Just like the Seattle game. Remember, Seattle got, I think, four or five of their sacks in the fourth quarter. Of that Again, game. it was the very... snowball is <laughs> no. downhill. And look, that's that's been consistent. When they've been able to stay balanced, run play action, move the pocket, get the ball out quick, because the score is close, much like all the games were last year, this offensive no line question. has been functional. When things go out of hand and they get behind and they have to throw, things get very ugly very fast. It goes back to what I said 10 minutes ago, game game flow. flow. Yeah, absolutely. Game Mm -hmm. flow has a tremendous amount to do with individual or unit performances. If you take that out of context, you lose the understanding of how the game is developing. Now, let me layer this too, though, because I don't want to make people think that, oh, this offensive line's great. You just can't do this or that. that. Oh, I don't think they're, I don't think they're thinking that. I, well, I just want to make sure that, that that's not how they're construing my Okay, point. and I feel the same way. Because you would like to get to a point, and there are offensive lines like this, where you could pass as many times as you want. It doesn't matter. Like, if you're the Eagles offensive true. line, you want to throw 45 times, you're fine. That is true. If you're the Dallas offensive line, you want to, not quite to the same extent, but if you want to throw 36, 37 times, you'll be okay. Detroit. Same deal. Absolutely. Chiefs. They get some man home back there 50 times, because they've got a really good offensive it line. It is a luxury to have that good a line. That's where you want to get, though. You'd love to. That's where you want to get. And the Giants are not there. No. So, there are levels to this. And the Giants line is obviously, if you look at any of the advanced metrics, they're pass protection-wise near the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Not arguing with those stats at all because, look, it is it is what it I is. I wonder if those stats, this is why I get mm-hmm. mad at analytics people, those stats probably don't take into account game flow either. I'm sure they don't. They're they're strictly looking at numbers. Well, I mean, there isn't a way to take right. game flow into Right. Uh, that's why I tell people all the time, you you look at analytics as the oregano on the pizza. It's not it's not the cheese. It's not the it's not the dough. It's the oregano. They, they, uh, analytics but, don't take into account yeah, but game o- flow. O- other teams also go down big too, and they don't necessarily have lines that are operating at the same level. Well, because we only see the one team that we're watching. We're not spending time looking at everybody well, else's my, my point is that the games. Giants are not unique in games where they are down big. No, Other no. teams go through that too is my point. It comes down to how good is your line? If your line is just mediocre to okay, well, game flow is going to sink yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Sure. If your line is really good, game flow won't necessarily sink you. Yeah. You can you can sustain and, you can sustain that. And if you're a lower quarter offensive line or lower third, game flow will make your offense absolutely miserable, functional, absolutely which miserable. Which is where the Giants have been this year. There you go. With all their injuries. There you go. 201-939-4513. I hope I explained that as well as I possibly could. Yeah, so I don't just get wait people... to see the comments on YouTube tonight. They're gonna be, they're gonna want to hang us. So I don't get people <laughs> mad at us. I, I, if you guys seriously, if you have any questions, let me know. And by the way, you can send your questions at bigbluekickoff at gmail.com. I was gonna read a bunch of them. Now we have a whole. Bunch I just of hope calls, we so. explained that well enough. <laughs> the good news is we actually agreed on this. Yeah. This was a topic that we we saw it exactly the same. For the most part. And that was without us even talking before. We, we did not even no. discuss Let's this. Let's go no. to, um, wasn't uh, Ralph and, wasn't, I believe. 
Oh, okay. So let's go to Tim and Charleston. Tim, what's going on? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. What's both. up, bud? Um, I just I just got a couple of really quick points. One that I didn't I haven't heard anybody mention is, you know, obviously the point in the defense. Well, everyone's mentioned that, but that first drive, the Raiders didn't even face a third down. Yeah, no, it was like, way oh too God. easy for him. Way too easy for him. It was, it was rough. Right. Antonio Pierce the, had them uh, fired up, and they came out like a. Uh, let's not build in excuses. Like, the the Giants I know, run on all, I know. all drive. No, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, man, did the, so, the Raiders came out strong. They did. The second real quick, and, and this is just my opinion. We don't have to debate it, but especially once Jones went down, I would have liked to see them run the ball on first down and on DeVito's first couple of series. He threw two interceptions right off the bang on first down, two passes in a row. So I don't want to debate that. It's just my opinion. But then the two other things I got real quick. Now, Tim, real quick, on, guys, on the last interception, wasn't that yeah. a uh, two-minute drill situation? Wasn't it really late nope. in the – yeah, yeah. There was only it was, 157 no, was, to go in the half. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Darius. Yeah, and yeah. that wasn't really – that wasn't his fault at all. No, correct. No, right. yeah, deflection. Yeah. But but still, you know, Saquon was 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 gashing. So, anyway, again, no debate. Now, fair enough. But, um, I got you. Um, but uh, then the, the thing you guys said about last year and this year, I agree with you 100%. I would never give away last year. And the other thing is, if you flip the tables, if Daniel Jones goes down with an N, with an ACL in Game Nine last year, is he our quarterback this year? Maybe if we sign him to a cheap contract, but he's not getting a long term deal, you know. So it, it it turns the whole world on its head, not just our feelings as fans. And um and then uh, Jesus, what was the last thing I wanted to touch on, real quick was um, oh my God, give me two seconds. Um, uh, Dallas, I, I just spaced on it. No, nothing no, about the no, Cowboys. No, no, it wasn't. It was okay. observation. It was. Uh, it was Barkley, who, by the way, Jones. has a hundred yarder and two ninety yard games in the last month since he's come back. And I, I think, I think Saquon Barkley is playing really well. No, he is playing well. I agree. Yeah, I totally forgot my other point, guys. No worries, Tim. Call us back. Okay. I, <laughs> okay. Thank you, man. All right. Appreciate it. 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Go download Giants TV, the Giants' official connected streaming app. Giants TV brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. It's free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. And by the way, Giants.com slash tickets uh, if you're interested in uh, attending a game this year. Go check that out. Speaking of which, let's go to Ralph in Florida, and then Bob in Monmouth County will be up next. Ralph, what's going on? Hey, guys, what's going on, man? Pleasure to talk to you guys, as always. But um, I think it's me. It's my fault. Uh, went to the first Cowboy game. We got killed, and I was in the crowd. Stood in the game the whole game and just sat in the rain, just in, in amazement. Then I go Sunday to the, Vegas, to the Vegas game, and the same thing. But, like, Paul, you said it. when Once Daniel Jones went down, the whole air went out the building. All the Giants fans that were next to me, you just see our faces just drop like, nah, not now, not now, not like this. And then, to be honest with you, as far as, like, you know, everybody making all these assumptions and what we're going to do next year and what we're going to do in the draft, listen, at the end of the day, I got total faith in Shane. I got total faith in Dable. Nobody, and I don't care what fan, you could be a Giant hater, a DJ hater, or whatever you want, would have predicted what this happened this year. Nobody. I don't care who it is. Now, you could have said we probably won't make the playoffs. I get it. But to play as bad as we've been playing, nobody can predict it because you can never predict injuries. You just can't. And like you said, John, when it comes to offensive lines, like Philly has a great offensive line, right? When they can sit back and throw the ball 45 times. But you saw in the Jet game, once Lane Johnson went out, what happened? 
The pressure started getting to hurt. Yeah, he started no, turning right. the ball over. This is my point. So everybody wants to talk about Daniel Jones this, and he wasn't playing good. Knock it off. At the end of the day, when you don't have five functioning gentlemen at that line, giving them ample time to make decisions, make his reads, nobody's going to succeed. It's just like Mahomes against Denver. Everybody knew Mahomes was going to throw the ball. They couldn't put a touchdown up against a team that gave up 70. You understand what I'm saying? So everybody needs to pump their brakes. Listen, the season is what it is. Like I said, I want to see them fight. I want to see them play. I want to see them be in games. And I want to see the defense, which is is a good unit. They don't have any excuses. Yeah, we lost Leonard Williams. We don't have injuries on defense. You know what? You have to play to your capability. And the defense should be a top-10 defense. I know Leonard Williams is a big loss. Hard to replace a man like that. I don't want to see him go. But you can't get mad for what we got from, you know, at this stage of the game. Like, a second-round pick is great. And, you know, Leonard Williams is not going to be on his team next year. We weren't going to be able to pay him. So, to make a decision like that, I agree with Shane. As far as the team, I totally agree. We have to fight. We have to play hard. We can't continue getting blown out. And that's the thing with me. DeVito, play your game and relax and say Quan take over the game. And I appreciate you guys. You know, to your point before you go, in terms of understanding what you expected and what you thought the team would be, if I had gone in the reverse and said to you in August, guess what? You're going to lose Daniel Jones. You're going to lose Barkley for a month. You're going to lose Andrew Thomas for a month. If More I had told month. you, right, well, month two months, half. almost. I would have yeah. told you. You would have you you said 0 and 9. Right? 0 and 9. Right? I would have said 0 and 9, of course. And, that, of and, course. and that's the point here. If I had laid that out for you and put all those unexpected things that happened in front of you and said, these will happen. You 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 you, you think I'm crazy, but these no. will happen. What do you think you're going to do? You probably would have yeah. said, I'd be happy to get two wins. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying, like, I, listen, at the end of the day, everybody wants to make this and that. We were two yards away from being 4-4. Four four. That's it, 4-4. Four four. I know. 4-4 four and, four and two yards with, with all the injuries. With all the injuries. With all the injuries. So don't tell me that this football team is a total garbage basement team. It's not. No, Ralph, it I agree with you, no but way. just real quick, I'm I'm going to play the, the devil's advocate for a second. Go ahead. The Giants were two yards away last year from being 7-8-1 and eight and one and not making the playoffs. I agree. I agree with that, John. There's no arguing there. That, I, that's I why it's the, it's the one mantra of Bill Parcells that I disagree with when he says your record is what you say you are, right? I what? I happen to disagree with that. Because I don't think the record is necessarily an accurate reflection of the quality of your football team. Exactly. I think and your coach the, and your coach and your coach. Correct. I, I I I don't believe that. I think there are too many variables that can alter the numbers of wins and losses that don't necessarily indicate the type of quality you have on the field. And that's why we talk about record in close games. That's why we hey, talk John, about point difference John, and all those other things but John, we talk about. But, John, yes. can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Now, you said that. The two yards, we'd have, been, we'd have missed the playoffs, right? Yep. But put it this way. Let's be honest. In the same in the same token, like I said, we had the same team on the field in these two games where we had gotten those two yards. That's my question, John. Oh, no, absolutely not. Last year, no, you wouldn't that, have. That, Correct. That's my point. We would have no, got those two yards. No, but I'm just saying, if we had the team that we had last year, as far as the, the, the players on our offensive line, our quarterback, our running back, do we get those two yards? Do we win the game in Buffalo? Do we win the game against the Jets? That's my point. That's my point. No, Raph, I hear saying. you, but, but to, to Paul's point, though, 
there's also a lot of luck involved when it comes to winning one-point games at the end of the game. So sometimes it's going to go your way, sometimes it's not. That's just the way the NFL works. It can be injury luck. And Thank you, Ralph. Appreciate the call. Good call. Good call. And it can be officiating luck, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. It can happen either way in multiple facets. Yeah, I mean, that that's why the NFL is what the NFL is. And that's why people love it so much. Everything's within, you know, it's a it's a, you know, whisper or a breath away from being a winner or a loss on every any given, Hence sun, why any given Sunday. It's so hard to win a championship in this league, and when you do, cherish it because you never know when you're going to get another chance. Yeah. You're right. Bob in Monmouth County, he's up next. Hey, Bob. Good afternoon, guys. Pleasure to talk to you. First time caller, season ticket holder, Hi. and long, long time listener. Well, thank you for calling um, in, Bob, and, and and thank you for being a patron of both the show and uh, the season ticket holder. Very Appreciate cool. And, and and John, the content you pump out and, and Paulie, all your insights is just phenomenal. Thank so you. I'll, I'll throw You're very that out kind. There and, and 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 that will go a wee bit negative, but hopeful at least. That's all right. Here I am. You know, here I am, a guy that wakes up in the morning in my Giants pants and my Barkley shirt after sleeping, and I think to myself, you know, it, 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 I still believe in the long-term love of this team. And and I and at the same time, looking at what's happened, and nobody could have expected this level of implosion injury-wise. It's a tough league. It's a, it's a physical league for it's happened. But, like, the level of dif- difficulty that these four guys have had this year, that, that's just unheard of almost. And so... But at the same time, I, I sit back and I go, we can't have the upheaval. We can't have a cleaning house. Certainly, uh, the, the Mara and Tish are going to let 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 Dable and let, let Coach and let jo- Joe Shane do what they need to do because it was going to be a long-term project. We just, as you guys well put just before, we made a few games work last year. We could have just as easily been six or seven instead of nine. And, 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 I mean, the Vikings went 12, but they could have had nine or, or, or seven or eight in some of the games they played. So, like, these things happen. But I look at it, and I, and I sit back, and as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, am I a bad person because looking at the few winnable games I see on the calendar, do I want to just lose out and get a number one pick and start fresh? Don't you, go there. You are, no, no, no. Let me just you, – you are not a bad person for doing that. You're not a bad person, yeah, but, a don't, bad person but don't go there anyway. I know. I mean, I had the good pleasure this morning, of all things, to meet O.J. Anderson at a function I was just at. And thinking about, you know, 86, 87, that's when I was coming out of high school, starting college, and it was just utter and complete excitement after a lot of years of suffering. Similar similar backdrop, right? And, and yet we would have those exciting years. Last year, I think you're right. We needed that infusion. We needed to believe again. I, at the fans thing this, this uh, before the season started, I thanked Dexter Lawrence for – bringing hope back into the building. I'm not feeling that hope in the building. And, 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 and literally, at the, I think it's a Seattle game. I refused to sell my ticket when my buddy finished last minute. I didn't want to sell it out to another person coming in from out of town. It's just it's a difficult thing to see the product. You know, Danny last year was very decisive. And, and, and that's what I wanted to see going into that year. I wanted to, I wanted to make better decisions. John, you talked about this. And, and, and he did make better decisions. This year, I would, I would agree. He did not have any time from, from, from play one often through those games. He didn't have time, but even when he did have time, it didn't seem like there were good decisions. So am I sold? No. Am I disappointed? Yeah. I mean, I think Paulie, you had said, if we lose Andrew Thomas, that will be monumental and, and absolute. At the same time, the both of you tempered everybody. We all were so excited for the summer. You kept saying, but we got to play. Shane said it. We know it's a new team. 
We'll see. We'll see. And I think the problem is we didn't see not just the play we wanted to see, we didn't see the players we wanted to see. Yeah. Because of the injuries. And we, and we sure as shooting didn't see, sorry about that, we didn't see the, the, the play that we wanted from them. And, and so it's just, it's so disheartening. I'm still hopeful that, that the, the scouting is going to improve what we have coming forward. I'm hopeful. I, I, I read a piece that was interesting. Uh, in Leonard Williams' uh, trade, it was insight in the Seattle GM talking about Joe Shane being a guy who's good for his word. I, I'm like, okay, that's, that's great. If that's the reputation the others have on him, this is a guy that can get deals done. So, so I, do I still, you know, drink the Kool-Aid and, and, and want this team to be great? Yep. But I can see us, go, you know, winning five games, six games, and being too far away from making some big moves. And I, and I hate myself for thinking that. Like, Chase Young game with Washington. And, and like, mm. so it's tough. So, I, I mean, uh, you know. I'm babbling, and I apologize. Here's what I want you to I do. Think, I'm I'm going to try so, to help you with this, okay? Because because yeah, what I yeah. think you can do rationally is look at Joe Shane's two years here, and look at the 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 development of the roster, look at the player acquisitions either in the draft or through free agency, look at the guys who were jettisoned, and I think at this point, Joe Shane has earned your trust and the right to give him the benefit of the doubt. That as someone who has constructed this team, he he is on the positive side of the ledger, because the stuff that's gone wrong here, you in all honesty, and not no one's a hundred percent perfect. Okay, let me make that clear. No one's a hundred percent perfect, but if you look at the ledger and say, okay, what has happened? What has taken this team back down into the crevice? Joe Shane's moves are not at the top of that list at all. It's a lot of stuff Agreed. that he had 100%. no control over. So so you can have faith in him as you go into this offseason that to this point his track record indicates that he knows what he's doing and that he's got the ability to help this team out of it. I agree. I agree. And I do have faith. And I, and I don't think that, that we should be disappointed in the sense of we're going in the wrong direction. I'm 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 encouraged by what the direction is going to be because of all those things. You think about what he's done with, with the, with the moves and different people he's brought in. You think about, you know, I, just 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 the the contribution by third, fourth, fifth round picks, undrafted free agents. We were talking about Tyree Phillips playing at, at least acceptably. Like this is this is something that we were missing for years. We were getting no production for number four, number five, number six. They weren't making the team sometimes. And so, you know, the arrow is up, I agree, but it's just so sad to be going, oh, goodness, is this, is this happening again? And, you know, just, you know, I, 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 I'll call, I'll, I'll keep calling when there's better things to talk about. <laughs> okay. That's rare, I I, that's rare when I could call this time of day, but I just wanted to, I had the, had the car ride, and I said, I got to chime in and nah. make sure I'm not crazy. Thanks for calling in, Bob. Take we care. appreciate it as always. Uh, and, and again, thank you for being such a loyal listener. We appreciate it. Um, again, you can send your emails into the big blue kickoff at gmail.com. I, one of these racked up. I want to get to it before we say goodbye real quick yeah. here, Paul. Uh, this one, and I got a bunch. I'll try to get some more with uh, Jonathan tomorrow. Uh, this guy, this one from Ron Persico. He wants to know a couple of questions. Do the salary cap implications change if DJ retires as opposed to being just let go? I'm just curious. 
yes, if you retire, your prorated portion of your signing bonus theoretically goes back to the team. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's not going to retire. The same way Matt Ryan is doing games for CBS. Guess what? He's not officially retired because he didn't want to give back some of his signing bonus. Right. So, yes, but that's not going to apply. So There's no. also a uh, potential application you can give uh, into the league for long-term injury. That can also give you some salary cap relief. Uh, but that's not this case. This is right. just the regular mm-hmm. HCL. Correct. Uh, th- I don't see how that would apply here. Agreed. Um, and then the second part of the question with Tyrod Taylor on IR, is he still allowed to be in the meeting rooms and or practice, or is he prevented from joining these day-to-day activities? Meeting rooms, yes. Practice, no. Correct. Correct. Which is why they're leaving the door open for potentially, if he's healthy enough, to come back and play. Yes, and he has to sit out for three more games. That will yep. get him to the bye week. So the first game he can return is that game against the Packers. Uh, Correct. Depending if he's healthy enough to do so. We'll have to wait. And see, and I'll just give my little speech. So you'll hear this probably a lot of times over the next month, so I'll just give it to me very quickly. As a fan, as someone that rooted for a very bad basketball team that mixed for a long time, and I wanted to get as good of a draft pick and as many lottery balls as possible, fans, I get where you're coming from. If you want to root for that, I get it. It's as someone that had to do that for many years with the Knicks. It's not the healthiest thing, and it stinks. How many of those picks worked out? And it stinks to watch your team and root for them to lose. So I would suggest you don't do that because it's no fun and it's awful. It really stinks. It's not fun. It's not good. But I understand it. That being said, players and coaches don't think that way. Never. They are not going to handle it. If teams tank, it's because of the roster that the general manager puts together that previous offseason because they're not trying to win games and you're trading away talent and stuff like that. That does not happen mid-season, okay? That, that's not the way this works. So the team's not going to tank. They're not going to try to lose games. But I understand why you would think that's beneficial and why you might prefer that, even though as someone that has done that with the Knicks, and I hated doing it, and it's still no fun and it stinks, I would suggest you don't just because I think it, it makes your viewing experience and fandom kind of miserable as you're starting to do that. But I totally get where you're coming this from. This organization That's also my totally abhors even the concept yes. of tanking. Yes. This, this organization, organization will never do that. This organization doesn't have an ounce of blood in their body that would suggest to do that. 1, they will not do that. Yes. It angers them to even think of that concept. Thank you for point. I've pointed it out before. Thank you for pointing it out again to remind people that you're thousand percent correct. All right. Thanks for being with us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. I'm back with Casillas tomorrow. Lance and Paul on Friday. And then, of course, Giants and Cowboys coming away on Sunday. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live.